Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Merry Christmas! Come on, welcome to happy, welcome to welcome to Happy Life Studios. We're here. We're here to make. We're here to make your happy holidays even happier. 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 Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're here to help make your holidays happier. Uh, last podcast, we talked about, um, you know, how I like how I like songs and they bring us together because it's old and the new. And uh, uh, you know something else I like about Christmas? What's that? The movies. Ah. Love the movies. Yeah. What, what are your favorite movies? I've got like a bunch of them, but I think I would say... Christmas Vacation is a classic, oh, obviously, yeah. and I was so excited when Elf came out because it was the only one I thought rivaled Christmas Vacation. <laughs> uh, another one I like, Fred Claus. I like that one a uh, lot. You know, um, I'm more of a traditionalist. Oh yeah, they make fun of me here because I like I love It's a Wonderful Life. See, would, There's a picture on my see, wall right there. No, I can see that because of the message. You probably love it. Oh, the, the message is not, not because beautiful. It's a traditional sure. movie, but. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing I don't like about that movie. People think it's just bland, and yeah, that black and white. Right I there. never noticed that picture. Has that always been in here? <laughs> yeah. I've never noticed that. That was it's a wonderful life. I do like that one, yeah. but um, I like all the Scrooges. Yeah. You know, Muppet Christmas Carol. We watch every year the Thanksgiving night. That's why my favorite Christmas CD, or one of them, is the Muppet Christmas CD. Not the, the first one, the original one with John Denver. Right. Totally. I'm not big it. on the John Denver songs as much, especially when. The tree in the woods. So in your Christmas prayers this year, Alfie asked me if I'd ask you, say a prayer for the wind and the water and the wood and those who live there, too. Oh, I love every one. I love every song in that hall. Really? I didn't like that one much, but I loved all the other ones. You know what other movies I like? I like the old-fashioned yes. claymation ones. Love those. What's the one with the abominable snowman? Yeah, that was... Uh, I that was Chris remember. Kringle. That was Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know. They all run together to me. All I know is that wizard scared the tire out of me. When I, was yeah, a right. I laugh at it now, but... <laughs> Just put one yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> right? And soon you'll be walking across the floor Put one foot in front of the other the longest running one, the oldest one of all of them. And in fact, it's the the most played Christmas movie ever was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Did I get that stat right? Yep. And it's the second most recorded Christmas song. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of all the hymns of out there, Rudolph the, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, that's my uh, my favorite Christmas story about a Christmas song. That's pretty it's powerful. all about Rudolph. And... I had no idea. Happy Life, I think you're going to love this episode because I, I had no idea the power that is behind the song. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I think I connected to it because 
so we always read to our kids every night and I one of the things that for my kids they still talk about it today like I would never stick to the script if it was my turn to read them a story I would either add or subtract things from whatever book they liked over and over uh-huh. or I would just make up stories right, right. and they would yeah, often come up and you know I'd lay down on the bed with them and they'd say tell us a story tell us you know tell us one of your stories and, you know what my son would always say he'd always say Turn the page, Daddy. Turn the page. <laughs> Especially when I was making it. Turn the page, Daddy. Okay, so I have to ask you this question before you get into the story. So when it came to reading, we did the same thing. We read to the kids every night. Um, there might might have been one here or there that we didn't, but for the most part, it was every night. Right. You know? It was rare when we didn't. But were you were you happy when they got old enough to the point that you didn't have to go put them to bed or read for a little while but didn't take very long until it was horrifically sad sad. (laughs) i don't know if i ever got back to the sad state every once in a while i think about it but i remember thinking for the first time wait a minute i don't have to put my son because they always time to go to bed and it was just right around the time i finally was chilled out and all the stress (laughs) of the day had disappeared then i had to go back upstairs and put him down and it was a very powerful time though it was well i'll tell you something funny you know, I have narcolepsy, a sleeping disease, and so I would read to the kids, and I always fell asleep in the bed with them, and they would finally get sick of me leaning up against them or roll over on them, and they would push me, and they said, Daddy, get out of my bed! This was a nightly thing. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I would read them a story, and all of a sudden, God would touch my heart. Huh. Or God would speak to me through a kid's story. Right. I don't know if you've ever done this either, but, you know... The kids' music, you know, be driving the minivan around. It was already bad enough I had to drive a minivan around. I lost my man card, you know. But then I'm listening to the Christmas music, or I'm listening to the children's music, and um, and I realize they haven't been in the van for a half hour, and I'm still listening <laughs> to their listen to CD, uh, singing along, you know. But that's what's cool about these movies, especially the claymation ones, and the little drummer boy, that's another one, oh, yeah. you know. But it brings you back to your childhood. It brings you back to your child likeness and i think that sometimes we need to embrace the silly we got to go back to being like a child again the bible even says to to get the kingdom of god you've got to become like a child you right. know and we we grow up so fast and once we grow up we never go back and we and return to it but when christmas comes around it's like we give ourselves license to go back to our childhood and it's just cool when grandparents do that with children and vice versa yeah. just a powerful thing so yeah yeah. So when I would make up stories for the kids, I would often use the time to weave in a something that was going on in our lives Smart. into the story. Smart. Um and I had always I I've always felt like even for me, for anybody, reality is really hard to swallow sometimes. Right. Right. And so if you can take some unreality or a story and weave in some of that reality to it, it becomes a lot easier to swallow. You know, it's right. like the spoonful of sugar right. helps the medicine go down. And I've always believed that. You know, I never thought about this before, Tony, but it warms my heart. Like, when I think about, you know, reading stories to my kids when they go to bed, you know, it's a very powerful time. But I love movies. We love going to movies. God always shows us cool things in movies. Right. You know what? When I'm seeing a movie, I never looked at it like this before, but God's telling me a story. Right. Because, like you just said, you'll you'll mix in with your kids you'll mix in a little bit of what you're going through as a family or they're going through personally into a story about somebody else. Right. And then it's easy for them to swallow that. And when I'm watching a movie, I'm seeing actors or some incredible story of someone really important or something even silly, but it's like God throws in reality to me. Right. In other words, I'm seeing a scene and 
it's like I get this feeling that God is saying, don't you see? That's how you and your wife are right now. Right. That's you and, and this person here is me. Now watch how this interaction goes on and it warms my heart. It's like God is telling me yeah. a story when I go to the movies. Well, I, don't, I think that's the Bibles. The, I think parables were simply stories. That's what they were. We have a perception that it's different somehow than yeah. the stories God tells us today. So a parable is a story. Right. And we say, Jesus told parables. Right. But, boy, I've been accused before of not being a preacher, but I'm a storyteller. Right. But you called Jesus a storyteller? Oh, boy. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because then, you know, this podcast could just go, people get all mad about it. But that's what he did. He told stories, right. right? They didn't have movies back then. Right. So no wonder why he was so entertained to people. No wonder they wanted what he had yeah. to say. That They're like, you don't teach like everybody else. Right. You know, we like listening to you. And I think Jesus knew the truth was hard to swallow. So, right. Um, right. The other thing, I think that it's, you know, we all have a story. Yeah. Some years ago at our church in Crivets, Pastor John came up with this thing. And if you read about it, and it was a, he made these buttons and it said, ask me my story. And people would wear them out in the community and people would ask. Sometimes right. you'd attach a ribbon about it. I was a veteran or uh-huh. I'd do this or that. And it was a way for people to share about their story. Uh, which I always thought was a cool thing, but everybody's got a story, you know. In the last podcast we did on on Oh Holy Night, you know, we talked about if you get to know somebody's backstory, right, it changes your whole viewpoint yeah. of them, right, you know. And um, I, I completely, I, I completely agree with that. In fact, a lot of people will take the, they'll do a play. I've seen them do a play on the words history, right. You know, his yeah. story. That's right. what history really is. Yeah. It's God's story. He's planned out our days, and he writes down it like in. McGorm's magical wondering poem that I did a <laughs> right. podcast on a while back. The whole movie's about a guy that lives in the basement of this toy store shop that writes down every day of Mr. McGorm's life. And I think that's what God does. And he mixes those stories in with all the other stories of the greats of all time. And right. he reads us a story. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I think sometimes, so we're going to talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And outwardly, you know, it's not a it's a story you'd tell in church, probably. Right. You know, it's not spiritual. It's right. not, uh, that's what people would say. Yeah, it is Jesus all. Oh, it away. is. Even within the story, but then if you dive into the history of the story, even more so, you know, you, you understand why the, that piece of art was made. Yeah. And it was for, for a reason. So in the late 30s, there was a guy named Bob May, um, and he moved to Chicago and took a job with Montgomery Ward, which was one of the big, giant retail places in the world and he was a copywriter which was like a entry level you know advertising type job um so it didn't pay well and it was the depression so nothing paid well at that point um and he w- had been married not too long and had a little girl who was one or two something like that when he took the job and uh, shortly after he took the job his wife uh, got cancer wow. and got sick quick but uh for about two years, she battled this cancer, but was bedridden pretty much all the time and couldn't do a lot of things. And uh, so he would work long hours, come home, take care of his wife. And uh, here his daughter was growing up with this. And uh, sometime around there, one night, his daughter climbed up in his lap and his chair was sitting in the living room just exhausted. And and I think she might have been four or something like that and said, asked the question, Daddy, why is mom not like other moms? Why doesn't she cook dinner why doesn't she go outside and play why don't we go places like to church or shopping and um and he he had never even had time to really unpack how this life was affecting this little girl because he's probably just trying to get through himself right exactly and um during the same time at work 
Montgomery Wards always had a Santa Claus that came at Christmas, and traditionally they would give away a coloring book to every kid that came and sat on Santa's lap. So this was kind of a traditional thing they've been doing for, I think, even decades. And um, they started talking about writing a book, and it came into the advertising department that was going to be something they would do. And somehow the job got put on him. Well, he nightly would tell his daughter stories when he put her to bed, and he had been telling her a story about they used to go to the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, and she liked there was deer in one of the things, and she always liked the deer. So he was telling her, her stories about deer and uh, kind of developed a story about an odd reindeer. And it, it was kind of a story about himself because growing up he was this scrawny little kid that just got made fun of, was beat up, was just tortured a lot in school, didn't fit in, never really felt like he should. And uh, when he met his wife, it was a fairly big deal because she just she loved him and accepted him exactly for who he was. Well, here she's sick and dying, and he's going to lose the one person that really gets him. Um, so he kind of was weaving in his story wow. into the story about the deer to his daughter. And so he got the job writing the story and uh, had started it. And in during the midst of that, his wife died from cancer. Oh. Um, and uh, the head of Montgomery Wards offered to let him off the project, give him some time off. And he felt like writing the story was therapeutic and good for him, good for his daughter. So he continued on, and he so he wrote this whole story about Rudolph. Um, and and it was all about being different, being made fun of, not being like everybody else. But in the end, the very thing that made you different was the thing that you know could be used was a great gift. And and so, you know, just that is cool. If that was the end of the story, it would be cool. But right. you know, there's always you know more of the rest of the story, like used to be said on the radio Paul, show. Harvey, <laughs> page two. I love that show. The rest. Of the story. We need another Paul Harvey man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was amazing. Uh, he was. Um, so they printed the book themselves, and they started giving it out to every kid that went to Santa Claus. So they, over 2 million kids got this book for free. when they 2 went. million? Yeah, so it was a huge success as far as how bringing... How long ago was this? This was late 30s, early 40s. Wow. And then they had to stop. During the war, when the war started, they had to stop printing it because there was a paper shortage. Right. So it kind of went defunct for four or five years, and then they brought it back in like 1945, 46, something wow. like that. And it was wildly popular again. Well, um, towards the end of the 40s, uh, he, Bob May was approached by somebody to do a like a, a record version of that. So he would tell the story, okay. but he didn't have the rights. Montgomery Wards did, and so he went to them and said, "You know, I've been approached with this," and uh, he was still pretty desperately poor. Um, and he had been he had gone into debt trying to take care of his wife with doctors and all that stuff, oh, and it was an entry level job. And uh, so um, I can't remember the guy's name. The, the president of Montgomery Wards at the time did something that they never did before, and Montgomery Wards gave him just gave him the rights to the story. And, I mean, it was millions of people. Um, And it was kind of thought in the publishing world that they had given away so many books that nobody would ever buy. They'd given, like, at that point, it was like 6 million copies. And who would buy it? If there was 6 million copies out there, who was going to? In fact, I have a copy on my bookshelf. Really? Um, One of those original copies? Right, giveaways, yeah. And so nobody thought it was worth a whole lot of money, but he immediately recorded some kind of spoken word record. And uh, during those last few years, you know, after the war, when they were giving away, his sister married a man named Johnny Marks, who was a composer, a songwriter, and uh, he thought it should be a song. And so he wrote music and and created a song from the words of the book. And uh, then 
somebody approached them and wanted to do the, uh, you know, that uh, claymation TV movie. movie. And it became, you know, a big, big deal. It was used for advertising and it just, so he became, I don't know if he became a rich man, but, you know, that for the rest of his life, that's what he did. He was the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer guy. Um, And I just have always thought that was one of the most incredible stories you know, I've ever it go and then going back to his daughter, the first book, and I, I I don't know if it exists anymore, but he, you know, hand wrote the book and gave it to his daughter for Christmas the year her mother died when he finished the book, which wow. was kind of a cool thing. Wow. Um, and even wasn't even Gene Autry who sang it. Oh right? yeah. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. The guy wanted to record it, and they wanted Gene Autry to... Yeah, the Johnny play. Marks talked to Gene Autry about recording it, because he was such a big star at the time. And Gene Autry was like... He played it for him, and Gene thought it was terrible. <laughs> and he didn't want to do it, and he ended up somehow, through some influence of some friends, they got on a B-side of some cr- so other Christmas song. It wasn't the main side, it was a B-side, or the B-side. that Autry almost did like as a, a favor to somebody. Right. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, then you take something as silly as a flying reindeer with a shiny nose right and you take a story that a lot of people would say oh it's playful it's kind of silly it's kind of whatever but that was birth out of some severe trauma pain it's birth out of a spouse that had cancer right and birth out of a girl i mean i have three boys you have a daughter yeah. I, I can't imagine telling my boys, how come mommy's not like everybody else? But could you imagine telling a dad telling their daughter? I don't know how, what do you say to your kid? How come mommy's not like the other mommies? How come we can't? I mean, that birthed something called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And oftentimes the things that we see as trite or silly or small, boy, it's got some background to it. It's got some punch to it. It's got some, the very fact, here's a song and a story about a reindeer that everyone else made fun of, that everyone thought was a joke, that even the song was a B-side. Right. <laughs> even the song was not, I don't like that song, I'm not going to do it. And he ended up doing it and, and looked what happened. And, and I think, I, I don't know if I can, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, that would be kind of precocious, is that the right word? But <laughs> I know I can speak for me, and I honestly think that I am speaking for a lot of a lot of other people. But I can totally relate to the whole you know, feeling like I don't, I don't fit. I don't play the games the way everyone does. I, I never was even good at sports. I was always the last one picked on the, you know, kickball and, and recess. They never wanted me. They would rather have the dead squirrel and the, the lady in the walker <laughs> on the bus stop than they. And, and if you take Hayes, I'll, I'll, I'll take that two-year-old over there. You know, but I know what it's like to feel like, you know, people make fun of you. They call you names, and and we. So we love the, the stories like this, and right. we can relate to stories like this, but we. Usually we relate to the Rudolph, but we don't relate to the other reindeer who used to laugh and call them names. Right. I mean, truth is, I have Rudolphs all around me. Yeah. Truth is, we all have Rudolphs around us. And because they don't look a certain way, because they're not a so- certain social status or uh, financial status or um, a-, a guy that I had just met the last place I spoke at. You know, we went to a restaurant to eat and there was a man there at the restaurant that was... You know, he walked by and we said his name and he looked, I was like, how do you know my name? Well, we read his name tag, you know, and, uh, and the next thing you know, man, he came over several times and had these like 20 minute long conversations with us. And the first words out of his, his mouth were, I'm 68 years old. I don't want to be here. 
60 year old guy that was in the war as a cook sending soldiers out into huh. into war and now he's 68 years old and he, and he has to bust tables for whatever reason i'm, I'm guessing it's financial because we gave him a ride home that day he couldn't believe it you know huh. he gets in the car and he says man i i don't have any friends hmm. and uh, two guys that just sat down at, he was my rudolph you know and i didn't do that to try to be perfect we just he was a nice guy and yet i think a lot of people look at guys like that as oh he's just he's just this or just that or he's just a bus boy or I don't know, man. We can we can applaud stories like like Rudolph, but then we can be the other reindeer and make fun of other people and call them right. names. I mean, if you don't believe me, then you ever called someone a Republican or a Democrat, <laughs> a liberal or a conservative? Isn't that the same thing? I mean, there's some depth behind these people, right? And they have something to offer, and. If we'll at least give them the B side of our album, we can see if we'll at least give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, B for benefit of the doubt. That if we can at least give them the benefit of the doubt, I think we're going to be surprised who, you know, so I think we can all relate to, um, you know, the baby Jesus. Um, but the baby Jesus grew up. And like we said in the last podcast, the song of the Holy Night, truly, he taught us right. to love one another. And I know some of the closest people that I have in my life. You and I shouldn't even be friends, honestly. I mean, <laughs> how that all came apart. But the people that are closest in my life, I, I don't know if I chose them. Right. They showed up, and in some ways, I kind of probably thought, thought they were like Rudolphs, and they kind of thought I was like a Rudolph. A lot of my friends said when they first, when I first met you, Steve, I didn't like you, you know. But I like you now because they at least gave me the B side, right? They at least gave me the benefit of the doubt, and so I just think. You know, it's it's really cool to relate to Rudolph as the person that other people make fun of and they don't get you who right. you are. But I think we also need to take a few moments or take some time and think about being the other people that are mean or judgmental towards other people. Because I know I really struggle with that a lot. Yeah. I'm trying not to, but I really do. And, uh, it's, you know, even over the holidays, you're going to find yourself getting mad at somebody for cutting in line or for getting the last present, you know, that was the last thing that you wanted to buy. And it's right. easy to get man, I can get mad at people so fast. I can judge people so fast. And that bothers me, but I'm, it's something I'm working on because I, I want to be Rudolph, but I don't want to be the other reindeer. Right. I laugh and call them names. Spot another Rudolph and, uh, and use your, not only use your unique gifting to make the world a better place. If it wasn't for Rudolph, what would have Santa done that night? <laughs> you know, um, He saved the day, but also find a way to find another Rudolph in life and, and put him on the B-roll. Take, spend some time with them, encourage them, and compliment them, do something nice for them. Maybe even buy somebody's coffee behind you that you don't know when you're in the drive-thru at Starbucks. Or, or you know, you see someone, I don't know, the Rudolphs are all around us. Let's keep an eye open for them and see if that we can help make their life brighter so that they can actually, their life can actually shine and point the way for Santa and everybody, everybody else. So... I think sometimes that we underestimate what God's doing, and everybody has a story, and it's not just to have a story. I think everybody's story is meant to be interwoven to some degree. And my aunt many, many years ago told me that you have to be careful what you say and do is because you never know the rest of the story. You never know somebody else's story and why they are, where they are, why they are, who they are. Um, And until you find that out, you have no right to... Yeah. You don't even have no right. 
that their life, if, if you've come across them, their, your life is meant to be interwoven with yours in yeah. some way, and we often reject that, and I think that's how God works, in that if we if we have that idea, that Rudolph concept that this is something we're going to need to get through life or to do what we need to do, that our, for a reason. Right, our gift and our life and our success and who we are is always dependent on the next person. Well, the next person might not be what we desire to be the next it person. Probably will not be. Right, usually not. Right. And and I think each of us have been looked at like that, but we all, if we would grab onto the thing that's different, typically that's the thing that God's yeah. using to make us. And that's the spice of life. That's right. the thing that makes life happy. That's the thing that makes life exciting. That's the right. And truth is, Rudolph didn't pull that sleigh by himself. Right. He was a hero, but he didn't pull the sleigh right. by himself. He still needed the other yeah. reindeer to come alongside him to get the job done. So yeah. they, they needed each other or, or it wouldn't have happened, you yeah. know. And then all the other reindeer. Then how the reindeer loved him. Shouted out. As they shouted out with in glee. Yeah. They became his friend. Rudolph the Red And then they sang out, Rudolph, Yogel down. down in history. <laughs> in history. Right. We just got thought talking about his story. Right. You know? What a, wow, that's crazy. What a great way to end. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.